My name's Liana Berry and you're listening to Art Muse Podcast, a podcast about the intersections between art, healing and creativity. Hello and welcome back to Art Muse Podcast. Today the theme is going to be on relational art making and I just thought this was a really lovely flow on from the last couple of episodes on interconnection and I'm really excited to share with you the ways that art making can provide an additional layer of richness in quality time with your loved ones, how it can support communication and also it can support skill building in regards to strengthening relational skills and yeah I've recorded this episode actually in two parts so you might notice a slight sound variation once I've finished the prolonged introduction and that's just because I've been moving around quite a bit at the moment in my work life and in my personal life so I am in a number of contexts and some of those are more rural and some of those are more urban so sometimes um, you might hear some trucks my office happens to be right next to a trucking route and depot or you might notice some birds and some cows in the background. Um, Hopefully it just adds a little bit of personal flair. I do use different software. There's a great software tool called Crisp which does cancel out background noise but I just thought I'd share that because I do love when I listen to other people's podcasts that they're personable and relatable and imperfect. So before I launch into the reasons why you should art make with your family is just a couple of disclaimers I guess I wanted to run through. The first one is the fact that when I say family I mean anyone you have a connection to. So family, the word family in this context is really broad and it's nice just to have a singular word to be able to use rather than each time I speak having to say your partner, your spouse, your friend, your flatmate. Although I do try to interchangeably also refer to the types of relationships. If you ever hear the word family, I am meaning whoever it is you're connected to. So as I just said, that is like, can be really, really diverse. So for some people, they're going to be thinking about art making in a context of having a spouse, so so a romantic relationship. Some people will be thinking about it in the context of children. Um, and the children in their household. Other people will be thinking about doing it with adult siblings and parents, even grandparents and um, or their favorite auntie or uncle and some people will be thinking about it and doing it with their close friends or their flatmates. You could even bring art making to your workplace and do it with your work colleagues. So there is such a large scope for what family means in this podcast and any of the resources that I put out that are related. And just a little note on safety I guess. So throughout the podcast I use my usual encouraging tone and my you know I'm drawn often to advocate for people to make art even when it's difficult or confronting or if they're feeling nervous or anxious about it to try and work with those barriers and unlock the positivity that art making and creativity can bring into life and this is going to be the same I'm going to be really like encouraging you to think about how you can be creative in your relationships and have creative quality time together if you have complex trauma in your family if you have are still living within an abusive relationship then I just want 
to encourage you to tread really carefully um, and to be really reflective about some of the things I'm going to say and whether they still apply to you or whether you need to make extra accommodations. I know that for some people who are in a phase of managing complex relationships or trauma or navigating abusive relationships, there can be phases where people really want to see change and they're really looking for ways to kind of build some positivity back in and to really explore whether healing is possible. But yeah, I would really encourage you, if that is you, to maybe seek some outside support to consult an art therapist, a clinical art therapist, if it's possible, just to get some extra guidance. My intention with any of my resources or any of my recommendations is to do no harm. So sometimes there are spaces in relationships where art making can cause too much distress or aggravate um, maladaptive patterns and behaviours and insecurities and all of those sorts of things. So just have an assessment, I guess, for yourself, whether you think this some of the stuff that I talk about is appropriate, that there's enough safety in a relationship. And when I say safety, that's actually applicable to everyone. So we want to be making art work and being creative with people that are supportive and respectful. So it's not to say that everyone needs to be doing it the same way or that there will be no challenges and there will be no different approaches and kind of points of tension within the family but it's important to have that foundation where things are approached proactively and respectfully so we don't want really high levels of ridicule or shame-based communication between people because that's just going to really damage and erode people's sense of creative mastery and expression and personal safety choose people that you know there's a strong capacity to be supportive in with each other and you might start off with a couple of people that you know immediately um fit that criteria and then experiment with how it feels um, how that journey goes and then you might feel able to apply that maybe with some of your more trickier relationships because we all know that within families there is and within relationships there often is challenge and it can be beneficial to continue to pursue growth in those areas Um, avoidance isn't always the most productive route um, but we want to feel as empowered and equipped as possible when we do use art making in those settings so those are the disclaimers and yeah i'm just going to dive into some musings today and explore what art making can mean how it can be beneficial but I'm going to do a quick 10 just to get us kicked off I am actually doing a guest blog post with next week's interview guest Kat Timms who's a family photographer and she has a wonderful active blog and has asked me to do a guest post which I feel really privileged to be able to do and I am citing five reasons why you should make art with your family but I just thought I'd do a quick 10 actually just to get something succinct to kick us off and then I'm going to go on my meandering musings for the rest of the podcast. So the 10 reasons why you should make art with someone else are one, a shared experience. So it's an opportunity to share something tangible together, um, to do something different. And there's lots of ways that I will go into that you can share the processes or you can just share your individual experiences of creativity alongside each other. So there's the option between collaboration or parallel art making. And I'll dive into that a little bit later on in the podcast. Number two is art making welcomes play 
So this is essential for adults who, unfortunately, we get so caught up in work and modern life and that is so easy to forget to play and to be playful. And play is really important in building resilience and building satisfaction and just an overall sense of wellness. Um, So art making can be a great way to welcome moments of play together. Number three is there is a tangible outcome And this is just really an added bonus, this one, because you don't always need an outcome after you've spent quality time together. And when you are art making, there's not always the creative outcome, the artwork that you necessarily expected, but there is an outcome. And sometimes that can be treasurable legacy or memento. And number four is that there's no screens. So we can fall into as adults watching TV and kind of using that as a quality time activity. And obviously with children, they get a lot of screen time as well. And But when we're thinking about the amount of screen time we all have in our lives, it's exceptionally high. And although I love getting a blanket and snuggling down on the couch and watching something, it's not the most active form of communication and engagement in relationships. So it is important to have at least the same, if not more, active time of connecting and bonding together. So the good thing about art making is there is no screens because your hands and your eyes are busy making. (laughs) Number five is art making offers different ways of communicating. So it doesn't rely just on verbal communication. There are all of these gestures and physical exchanges that happen when we're making art, particularly if we're collaborating on the same artwork together, which I will as I mentioned, touch on a bit more in the episode. So it is a lovely way to experience a different mode of communication. Number six is getting to learn more about each other. So art making is a rich way to explore each other's and find visibility in each other's imagination to discover each other's preferences for colors and shapes and forms and styles and everybody ends up with something completely different to each other if you're all working on individual artworks and if you're working collaboratively you just get lots of different ideas from each family member and that is just really cool to see actually and it's not necessarily something that we see day to day in our family environment and so it can really expose and uncover the delight in that that we have the capacity to learn from each other and learn more about each other. Number seven, as far as reasons for art making go, is that art making together collaboratively in community, um, in company, is in your history. So although it doesn't happen super frequently for many people now, there is a really, really long history of people sitting together and crafting and bonding together. So there is no reason why that needs to stop in the human trajectory. We can absolutely bring that back to modern life. Number eight is that it's an opportunity to work on the tricky things. And so I will touch on this a little bit as well in today's podcast in that sometimes art making encourages us to turn take and to share and to maybe step away from our habits of competition. There's sort of all of these like bubbling away difficulties that we have in our family relationships that we're constantly trying to wrangle. As someone who is a triplet um, and also has a younger brother, I definitely know about sibling kind of rivalry and comparison and that proximity, I guess. And 
some of the difficulties that can arise from that and art making is a really good way to sort of challenge yourself and um, challenge the family to kind of find different ways and practice different skills number nine another reason why you should make art is it's a great way to start a new ritual and new traditions in your family or in your relationships particularly I guess it can be centered around celebrations as well if you have something to look forward to within that relationship and you can make a habit out of it so you might do it monthly you might just do it related to those traditions and celebrations but it becomes a new placeholder for making memories and it might be something that you're responsible for in the family so as much as your mum might be responsible for doing the family's most treasured baking and someone else might be the person that organizes decorations for different family events you can be the art director that gets to plan the art activities or you might like to take it in turns with different people within your family so if you're in a friendship circle you might like to take it in turns to host a craft noon or an art making session and that can just be a really lovely thing to become ingrained in your relational fabric and lucky last number 10 is that you have more art in your life and that is probably the most obvious one but it doesn't need explanation perhaps not but more creativity and art making in life is a good thing it's just an opportunity to relax to unwind to do something different and just to connect with each other so more of that is a good thing so that is reason number 10 and so now i'm going to jump into the rest of the podcast art making can really strengthen that connection and that relational exchange between people so i've always been interested in that capacity of art making when i did my masters of art therapy almost 10 years ago i graduated we had a final project that was an assignment that threaded and encompassed a lot of the learning in the second year of coursework it included research and all the skills around collating that research and presenting it and developing evidence-based programs and because of where i was clinically placed mine was based on the potential for art making in an out of an out of home care environment so i was looking at the potential for art making to support the development of attachment to help families feel regulated and connected where there was otherwise a lot of stress and trauma and demand on the relationship so yeah it's this key area of fascination and although I worked a little while in the complex trauma setting and in out of home care services I have slowly sort of moved away from that and into other fields but it is still something that interests me so even some of my more recent interest working with children that are living with chronic illness and mitigating and managing the stress that comes with that I, I am so fascinated and I love to celebrate the capacity art has to build positive moments and treasurable moments of connection and to build relational exchange in a way that we don't normally get from just verbalizing and I also think it's quite timely because we've just come out of Christmas and I know many parts of the world Christmas is celebrated it's not celebrated everywhere you'll hopefully be able to adapt this to another celebration if you don't celebrate Christmas but there is so much pressure and so much intensity on those moments of connection and for a lot of people their you know their family relationships are fraught with different modes of dysfunction or different demands Um, there's so many expectations and our family relationships carry a lot they often carry a legacy from our childhood and 
perhaps things that happened in our childhood or strains that were existent in our childhood they carried the memory of who everyone was and then they're attempting to expand with everybody's adulthood so as an adult our identities change our choices change we we make new decisions around values around what we do in the world and sometimes that can have really positive impacts on family and sometimes family units really struggle to expand to accommodate those changes and something that I find helpful with families is coming with this perception that everybody is doing the best that they can with the skills that they've got and sometimes those skills are really lacking sometimes people are blind to how dysfunctional those skills are they're like maladaptive coping mechanisms it's like a lot of the things we do we know they're not good for us whether that's eating food that's bad for us whether that's smoking whether that's not exercising there's like all of these habits that we have right and we know that they might not be good for us but they're meeting a need we're doing it for a reason and sometimes that reason is really clear other times it's it can be difficult to identify but having this knowledge that for a lot of families are doing the best that they can so it's about okay like how do we rework this how do we give ourselves fresh experiences how do we try and expand everyone's tolerance you know there's so much work we can do around families and relationships there's some amazing online psychologists that are producing lots of content that can be really helpful to sift through and apply to yourself and to do the work into healing and developing relational skills and finding your own security and addressing triggers and emotional challenges. I will link a few in the show notes. The first one that jumps to mind is the holistic psychologist, so Nicole LaPera, and she has lots and lots of resources online. She's written books, but she also freely shares her knowledge. Going back to art making as a point of connection, I just really enjoy it as an opportunity to take the pressure and the intensity away. So if we think about Christmas time, we're often doubling up our intention. So we're wanting to relax. We're just wanting to spend time and connect with people that for whatever reason we place value on that relationship, whether it's we only see them once a year at this time of year and you're really hopeful that that connection can be positive or that it might grow in a positive way or whether it's, you know, it is our loved treasured ones that we're spending time with. But often we're sitting down and we're talking and we're eating and things like that. And, you know, sometimes we're more active and playing games and things. But for a lot of people, they can really struggle to, to know and to feel empowered of like, what can we do together? And yeah, I'm going to challenge you to think about creative things and how art making can support your family or give you a point of connection. Art making gives something else in the room that can like alleviate some of that intensity from relational exchange and it's not just kind of family dysfunction and trauma or a clashing of identities and values that can cause conflict and discomfort sometimes in in relational exchange it can be things like people are acutely shy someone might have difficulties with social skills and understanding social exchange and when when and how to speak and take turns and listen and respond sometimes it can be related to hypervigilance or anxiety and just wanting to get it right sometimes it's related to habits like people pleasing and so this is as usual (laughs) i'm touching on a big topic that probably has as much more to say than what i'm going to say in this episode goes for but i do just want to get you thinking and i have something really exciting for you that i'm going to share at the end of this episode i think this topic has so much to offer and i'm hoping it'll weave its way through perhaps other episodes 
episodes. Next episode, I have an interview with a beautiful photographer and she, I was really fascinated to get a photographer on. There's something about photography as a creative medium that has really interested me for a long time. This drive we have to capture and create like a legacy and you know physical evidence of these moments of connection we have with each other and you know we're obsessed with that now we have like phones and really accessible photography and we're we're really driven to try and encapsulate something about relationships often about feeling and appreciation and beauty and emotion and yeah so I'm really looking forward to I've recorded that episode I'm really looking forward to editing it and then releasing it I guess this is a bit of a precursor to that interview having already done it and just considering the ways that creativity can be a point of connection it can be support relational building there's a couple of ways that we can sort of begin to unpack that a little bit more the first one is that art making can be really collaborative i think this is something that's definitely worth considering is when you're going to be creative with people you care about there's two approaches you can have a collaborative approach where you're both working on artwork or you're mingling and exchanging the physical gestures to build your artwork so it's done together essentially or with input from both or you know a group of people or you can work in parallel to each other so parallel making where you're working alongside of each other and I love both of those approaches and I think there's a time and a place for both some people will find one easier than the other let's talk first about collaborative art making collaborative creativity I do find that if you are collaboratively making you are probably going to touch on any triggers or strong patterns of behavior and communication more readily and more quickly than if you're parallel making and that's simply because it's more demanding you're essentially sharing what you're doing and so if somebody has a dominant way of coping with that sort of exchange or feeling like they need to be in control or they want to share a sense of mastery or they want to impress the other person then obviously that's going to shape the way that that person engages and probably shape the way that the artwork is made i also want to speak in collaboration to be mindful of the ages of the group that you're participating with so if you're a family with young children and you're all collaborating on the artwork you're going to have younger children's abilities being exposed in that process so they might have difficulties they might not be at a developmental age where they can turn take they might find things like listening to instructions waiting they might have they might not be at a place where they can control their impulses so you've got things like siblings drawing over each other or you know splashing paint everywhere you've got impatience and whining complaining so there's all of these sorts of things that can go on depending on the skills and the functions of the people that you're making with so collaborating can be much more demanding in that way certainly it can really challenge some of those things and if you're not in a place where you're ready to take that on I certainly recommend parallel art making so you're looking at projects where you're all creating but you're creating alongside of each other so everybody's got their own artwork or their own creative project and it can be the same you can be pursuing the same thing but you're doing it next to each other rather than on the same work so let's talk about this in the context of drawing for example if you're doing a collaborative drawing you're likely to have a large piece of paper that you're all working on if you're doing parallel drawing you're all going to have your own piece of paper even if you're drawing the same thing 
there is much less risk I guess with parallel making and it is a good way to warm into having connective art making experiences. The only risk that sort of presents itself immediately for me with parallel art making is if there is a sense of competition within family members or the relationships that you're of the people that you're making art with so if there's a really big competitive streak it's just something to be mindful of and you might just need to do some groundwork before you sit down by saying this isn't competitive let's only speak kind words to each other or let's not compare um or if you do compare if the children are comparing for example or even adults can you can definitely i can sure everyone can think of that person that jumps to mind that's really competitive have a think about how that's going to be supported have a think a little think about why people compare often it comes from a place of insecurity and how that can escalate can it escalate into mean words or harsh comedy and teasing and tormenting and all of those sorts of maladaptive behaviors and so I don't want to scare you because I think connecting over creativity can be really fruitful but you do want to try and set yourself up for success so it's just being mindful of those things and like what are the risks here can I mitigate them do I need to and then go from there and I think also just being mindful okay who do I want to create with and who do I want to get comfortable creating with and that might not be those might be different things to begin with so for example you might decide that being crafty with your close friends is going to be more rewarding and more fruitful than creating with your household family because your household family has this these risks of everybody's insecurities and maladaptive kind of behaviors and triggers just coming out so you think but if I do it with two or three close friends we're all going to respect each other and so warm into it try it out with different people different relationships and go from there and it's not that you can never approach making art and being creative within relationships that have that challenge but it might you might need to make some extra considerations like do you get support from someone else outside of the family just to kind of get you going is it just a a slower process where you're just kind of building up expectations and boundaries and rules around that art making or do you just really need to be mindful about what you're making so for example if you have kids or adults within the family that find anything form-based is just going to aggravate that sense of competition and lack of worth and just cause distress then can you just do something abstract and that goes for the same if you want to work with people that have poor impulse control maybe they have difficulties or disabilities that impact their fine motor skills you know can you do something that's more playful and that's more process based can you just do abstract painting where you throw paint at the canvas or you smear it around or you use a squeegee to squeegee it across you know and then collage bits over the top or can you just do collaborative games and can you make lots of crazy patterns and then tear it up and reform it into something else or craft it into something else there's like all of these different ways that you can lean into the process that might better accommodate where you're at relationally and sometimes those more challenging relationships embarking on an art making journey together can have the most benefit they're the places that we were craving maybe more closer connection but we don't have the means to do it that we're struggling to find the ways to get there so yeah it's just about doing some planning and some preparation 
to get the best results. And I also want to encourage you to to try lots of different things and to try lots of ways to find what works. Because like anything, it can be sort of a, a bit of trial and error as far as finding like what is a good fit. You might try going out to a class together because you want to experience that real structure. You might try making it at home. You might try making it in a more neutral place. We've got to just consider multiple things. So process and materials, environment, environment time expectations and outcome there's sort of and that's what I love is because the opportunities are endless as far as you can usually find a right fit it just might take a little while particularly if you know particularly if the relationship is tricky I think there is really so much opportunity there is so much opportunity so get excited okay so if we if you want a little bit more structure here if you're kind of getting a bit lost in what I'm saying these are the decisions that you need to make who do you want to make art with who do you want to get creative with you can prioritize that list so it might be who is safer to make art with now and who you would like to experiment with it when you feel more confident secondly what would you like to make art collaboratively together or parallel to each other that's going to help you decide the activity that you choose and how you approach the activity number three what sort of materials and processes do you want to try do you want something outcome based so with a form at the end or do you just want a open-ended playful process-based experience both of those will have different challenges and different richness and again these are decisions to make for a singular art making activity change it up the next day have a go at both and pitch to the people that you're making with like sit down with a cup of tea first and say hey I've been really thinking I'd like to be creative but I'd I'd really like to do it with someone will you be my wingman will you be my wingwoman do you have any ideas these are my ideas I'm a little bit nervous I think we should have a think about these things before we do it you want to spend a little bit of time preparing and planning but you don't want to kill the vibe so you don't want to focus on it so much for three weeks in advance that by the time it comes around the pressure is existing too high to be able to just let go and enjoy it some of that is what people experience with celebrations like Christmas is there is a big lead in so by the time that the day comes there's been so much planning there's been kind of so much thinking about it so much anticipation that it can fall flat so it can either lead to like excess energy in that experience and the energy kind of evolves into you know dysregulation and triggers and agitation within intention or it just kind of falls flat because you had all these hopes and dreams and it hasn't lived up to that standard that expectation you had and then you're disappointed so you do just want to kind of get used to flicking these things through as you're planning but do them quite quickly okay I'd like to make art with my best friend okay uh, let's do collaboration this week because I'd like to challenge myself for us I'd like to challenge us to make a mixed CD together is that still a thing do people still make mixed CDs I don't know a playlist I'd like to challenge ourselves to make a playlist together oh you know I think we'd both really like to try painting let's do you know what do we need for those things it might be like I really want to try and make something for my house our wall is really blank I'm going to grab my flatmate this one's a collaborative process what do we need let's do it abstract because she's really nervous about art making and hasn't done it for 10 years and I feel like if we do something form-based she's going to say no so there you go like there's like have a quick dynamic think 
about like what you want to achieve, who you're engaging with and you know what you want the outcome to be. Kind of move through those questions quite quickly and then give it a go and be observant. What works, what doesn't work, what came up, you know, is it something that you'd like to try again with this person or is it something that you'd like to try again with someone else? And there is so, so much potential. If we go back a little bit to kind of what's happening and why I think art making is so good for creativity and connection and why it feeds relationships is primarily to do with the fact that it's like another form within the room. It's a place of that can be projected onto. It's kind of that mirror that we've talked about, I've talked about before that kind of mirrors back to us what's happening. But it's also engaging. So when we think about like actively moving energy, particularly in relationships, there's a lot of energy sitting there. There's two peoples and it's like it's almost like in relationships you're looking at energy that is uniting. And so the way that that unifies can be powerful it can be explosive it can be soothing it can be comforting it can be a place of learning it can be activating so sometimes like matching that energy with an activity that moves energy and occupies energy is just really helpful it reduces that intensity it you know it's just pleasurable and i think also like we look at art making and creativity as a whole and it's an outlet for self-expression so often you know relationships are about learning about each other learning about ourselves being vulnerable all of those things are happening when you're art making they require you know there is a requirement to be a little bit vulnerable there's a requirement to problem solve um, and so doing that together it can be quite humorous sometimes and playful and play is a really important part of relationships it can be hard to like locate and pin down and so yeah art making is just another tool in that toolbox you might have board games you might have hiking and beach days and picnics and other activities that you do together and art making and creativity is just another one of those another one of those active ways to share an experience and to bond over and to learn about each other and to connect with and it's so amazing kind of what can happen with art making and when you're kind of really immersed in that flow state within that process is that sometimes it becomes a place where it's easier to talk and easier to chat through different subjects and different topics and different thoughts and feelings and so that can also be a nice way to reduce the intensity of relational exchange but also create an environment that allows communication and if you can't if people really struggle relationally to communicate and show affection it's easier to do that when you're in a process like oh can I help you with that can you pass me that pen you know that looks amazing oh I'm so excited for you that you managed to mix that color or how did you do do that do you want to show me so there's all of these opportunities to share skills and to communicate with each other that aren't just relying on having words of like how are you going what are you doing are you okay it's sort of just like you're showing there's all these micro moments of like affection and micro moments of support and problem solving and just actively being in a space and being present with each other whilst you're doing something so particularly useful and really helpful if you are in periods of stress or grief and you know someone or both of you your, your capacity at the moment is just to sit and be with each other so have a go at like trying to shift that energy into something a little bit more lively a little bit more playful but equally you're just sitting there and you're making you don't have to talk once you're in the flow of art making that that silence doesn't feel deafening 
it just feels like okay we're creating something we're doing something here but we're together and it's just about experiencing together isn't it and it's it can be so powerful i'm just really excited for you to be able to dive into this one and i really hope if you're listening and you haven't made art with someone else that and being creative with someone else that you can feel brave enough to explore something Uh, i have a blog post about art making with family to connect with family and the resource at the end is also targeted towards family but i use family so liberally and the fact that you can be creative with whoever you like your work colleagues your parents your siblings you know your husband and your children your best friend your flatmate any of these people you can be creative with you just have to send out the invitation and it can be as detailed or as loose as you want and just enjoy being able to experience and skill share and skill build together so one of my favorite words which i think i've mentioned somewhere on the podcast the problem is 14 episodes in that i am like okay did i just think this thing or did i say it i'm not sure but you know sometimes it is useful to repeat concepts or to say them different ways and to kind of ruminate over them and muse over them further um, but a crafternoon is, I think, such a delightful term, and it comes from the word craft and afternoon. And a crafternoon is basically just a gathering where you're crafting together. And people have a whole different way of conducting these. So a crafternoon can be just everyone brings their singular craft projects, or it can be working on a project together, or learning a new skill together and creating parallel to each other. So I've done a number of craft noons i've been to one of my sister's friends craft noons where everyone each bought their knitting project i've done one with university friends where we were making cream catches i've done ones with my own family where we've we want to try a new process together so we did jelly plate plate printing i have done many with my husband where we've been working on creating cards together or you know obviously crafting towards uh, something a little bit more definitive like we made our wedding invitations for example i've just done drawing alongside family members or created Christmas ornaments there's all of these different kind of activities that I've done with my family and each time I learn something new and each time it's a little bit of a different setting sometimes it's more structured sometimes it's more organic sometimes there's more more expectation around the outcome sometimes it's just about the process sometimes we make a whole afternoon of it and have you know we have snack and yeah it's just a really nice way I find to connect with people so i just wanted to finish up the episode by sharing my latest resource it's an online resource and it's called 52 weeks of you and it is a guide to art making and creativity with family so with relational connection and as i said earlier family is a very wide roaming term so it is with anyone you want to connect with in a creative way and the guide will give you a different art activity a different directive each week and there will be a method and the materials that you need and some different considerations and just ways to deepen the art activity or to simplify it and adaptions that you can make for various types of relationships this is the perfect guide for you if you are looking to have a regular relational date with someone and you're wanting to do creative activities it's a great way to build that connection so one activity a week and you can take as long as you like it's delivered in a pdf form so you work through it at your own pace and it's available on my website sunflowerandivy.com.au in the shop i will link it in the show notes so it's easily accessible and i really hope you enjoy it 
Thank you so much for listening to Art Muse podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, then please like, share or follow on whichever listening app you use. If you want to keep up to date on social media, the best place to find us is on Instagram at artmuse underscore podcast. <laughs>